When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat because you're listening to the Dubland Podcast with Suzanne and PJ. Dubland Dubland Podcast, up your ear holes. It's Dubland Day um, and we talked about this. We had a special uh, bonus episode on Monday because we're doing a series which is Dublin Meets and we decided we'd kick it off um, with Science Week because Science Week started on Monday and it runs all the way through this week. And how, like I said this in the last episode, PJ, I have no idea how we ended up here that they've left. I don't know. <laughs> science Ireland I would have thought after back. last year in fairness they would have sort of looked at the whole science thing and says, yeah, they're totally the wrong people. They're very inappropriate. But now it seems like the scientific community are just <laughs> quite happy to open maybe, their arms and let anybody in. Maybe we're just a scientific conundrum for them. Um, Dr. David McCone um, was on basically Rocket Man. That's Dr. Rocket Dave, we're going to call him from now yeah, on. Yeah, um, Rocket Dave. Rocket Dave the Rocket, he's still here. He's, yeah. He stays with us um, because we're we're going to continue our science chat. And look, do you know what? Here's here's the biggest thing about Science Week that I learned because I was always a bit kind of on the outside of the whole science community. I was a bit like, I didn't get it. And to me, Science Week, I was like, I probably will never get it. But actually last year, V Science Ireland, I kind of learned that from little kiddies all the way up. I start the kitty level um, all the way up that it is really inclusive and this week is actually really really good because you'll see stuff all the way across the country and in schools across the country but even as adults it's kind of never late to learn I mean I could be on spice I don't know you know who knows what happens next but anyway um, Jessamine is it Jessamine or Jessamine or Jessamine 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 <laughs> right yeah I have to get that right we're going to get that wrong the whole way <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect um, Dave is so much easier yeah. <laughs> Jessamine uh, Fairfield and mm-hmm. you no okay what's yeah, so your, what's yeah, what's your, your official, research then just get going yeah. what what's you, what? your official title start with then tell us what you do so I guess my official title is Dr. Jessamine Fairfield um, I'm a lecturer in physics at NUI Galway and I do research in a couple areas around nanoscience and kind of really small materials and trying to make new electronics out of them Wow. and then also kind of physics education like using games and also actually using stand-up comedy to try to communicate science better this is so, why I feel is, that we this song gonna love you I feel, yeah, like yeah. I, found, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I first found my spirit science animal like that I'm gonna understand stuff not that I didn't get it from you rocket man okay but you know <laughs> so stand up comedy mixed with science is the two things that don't really go hand in hand normally like you're probably the first scientific stand up in the world really are you I mean I would have liked to think so there were others before me but it's kind of it's actually like you were saying on the last episode that like scientists are supposed to question everything right yeah. and that's a lot what stand up comedy is as well right it's pretty like much yeah I suppose looking you're always at things in- critically and trying to figure out unusual ways. <laughs> yeah, you're always an iconoclast in some way. You're always sort of yeah. questioning everything around you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of like creativity and like questioning the status quo, I think it actually kind of brings science and stand-up comedy together. Um, so so I run this project uh, with sponsorship from Science Foundation Ireland called Bright Club, um, which is basically teaching academics to use stand-up to communicate their research. Um, and Stop it's bringing great. new stand-ups into the world. <laughs> There's enough for them. There's too many. <laughs> no, actually, Dave was in the very first one that we ever ran. That's true, Dave, are you yeah. A stand-up. I'm not trying to be a stand-up, but I'm trying to do <laughs> a few jokes. I take both of them down. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So they, so yeah. So you started off these workshops then. Yeah. So they're workshops and they're live shows. Um, and it's great. Like we run them in Dublin and Galway and Cork. Um, loads of people come, and it isn't just scientists. There's also people from social science, humanities, and we would have like professional stand-up comedians as well. Um, but it's it's awesome because the audience kind of comes to hear something a little bit different. And I think in a way, like comedy is a really powerful way to communicate things. I mean, you guys know that, but right, especially for stuff that's difficult, right? Like climate change, like science. Like when people are listening to comedy, they're kind of expecting to have their mind change they're expecting to think about something from a new perspective and so they're a little bit more open to hearing you know something that might be challenging compared to if you just go into a lecture and are like here are the facts about climate change and people yeah. leave and they're sad or defensive so. <laughs> yeah. so this kind of goes back to my thing we were talking about in the last episode so it's like the the person who's the scientist so you cut like n- Go with me on this because initially this is going to sound like an insult and I assure you that it's not. But like that that person that the scientists I was saying about why don't they deliver the facts that because but the mad person always goes that's a fact. But actually if you find that perfect combination between the madness of comedy or the funniness of comedy but the facts that are there but you're not delivering them as a scientist as a fact you're delivering them via comedy. It's like the oh my god it's the perfect storm. Yeah, like and I think it is. It's like it. that kind of uncertainty as well, like that that maybe then people feel like they're part of kind of that uncertainty around or trying to figure out like how the world works. Yeah, we, th- we know some stuff. We're trying to figure out other pieces. There's big unknowns still. But like bringing people in on that process rather than being like, no, science is this body of facts that we just know. I mean, it's not. It's a system for getting those facts hopefully. Um, but I think being a bit more honest about that and showing that there are surprises too in science. And like sometimes, you know, sometimes we think we know what we're talking about and we don't. But then sometimes we like build up these whole systems of, of facts. And we think that just saying those is going to convince people. Actually, there's studies on that and it doesn't. Like work. you can't just say facts and expect people to listen. It's so. quite the opposite though, isn't it? I think isn't there proven research that says the more facts you state at someone, if they have a different belief, the more sort of in the, the more they believe their own bullshit in the oh first God, place I yeah remember that for an argument yeah no, yeah. I, yeah yeah i think that is a thing though isn't yeah, it yeah well and i think it's very human right because you know like like when people believe things they have reasons for believing the stuff that they do so if you're just saying facts at them they're like oh so you think you think that i don't know about facts i know about facts yeah like yeah. You, just, you just kind of bet in and are like get really defensive yeah and then you just get people like talking you know across each other over each other rather than talking to each other and that's now that's what's happening now right that's we're mm. so polarized now there's no middle ground anymore there is no sort of oh maybe I'm wrong or nobody sort of really there's like this is like you're either the environment climate change you're either it's happening uh, and it's happening now like extinction, some of the extinction rebellion people saying yeah if, there, if we're still using fuel in six years we're fucked and then which is a really extreme view and then you get the other view they're saying it's not happening at all it's holy god Holy God is like it's, but it's a real problem. That's what people are saying. Holy oh, God, like we've had someone in the doll, fucking yeah, Healy raised from the doll and yeah. said, "Holy God is the reason that everything's happening." This is the same fellow that said eating too much food is worse than drinking and driving. Yeah, uh, so, yeah be so, tired. A publican, no, no, no matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no skin yeah. in the game at all. Uh, and that <laughs> is that. That's why we're so polarized, and it's, you do get. It's it's polluted. The whole argument's polluted, right? So it's really hard to find out what is if you could be arsed finding out what's real. It's hard to find what, yeah, to find what it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually, like one of the best books I ever read on this had an amazing title, which was I'm Right and You're an Idiot. Oh. And it was, it was about like talking about climate change and just kind of saying, yeah, that things have gotten so polarized, so divided. It's really hard then to sort of build those bridges or like bring people back into the middle to, to have a conversation about it. And, you know, at the policy level to like actually come to some sort of compromise and like figure out what are we going to do? Um, and it's crazy to me 
too, because I feel like, like, you know, this kind of stuff, we talked about it when I was like a teenager and in school and stuff. And they're like, oh, it's important to recycle. Like the rainforest is burning. Oh, we have to go help the rainforest. And you just really would have thought we would have sorted it out by now. But well, we so clearly haven't. Yeah, that's the thing. It's kind of accelerating. But it and kind of went out of fashion for a while. It did, you know I mean? yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't mean that about no, it. No, you're right, like, it did. It when went I was out of young. fashion. When I was in school, saying we did that. We were like, I remember coming home to my mom and my dad, like in, you know, 1989 or whatever it was, and going, you won't believe it. Like, we're one of a rainforest. We have to start recycling, like going around, like recycling yeah. stuff and putting it. We're contaminating everything. We're recycling. No, even. you're right. With aluminium just, cans and I all. don't even remember recycling or anything back then, though. I do remember it was CFCs. That We were obsessed with CFCs, the greenhouse effect the hole in the ozone layer we were fucking obsessed with that back then that was a thing and we need to sort this out and the world's getting too hot and the you know we had this weird image given to us in school where there's literally this big hole right up true north looking oh, down yeah. the sun coming through melting the ice caps and that's what we were worried about so stop using hairspray yeah. and you know styrofoam cups and shit and that was a, the worry. And then it just kind of, it just, it just kind of fucked off. Because you remember of aluminium cans? You used to save up all the aluminium cans. Do you remember that in school? Yeah, there yeah, used to be a yeah. bank for them. And then literally then the kids got like, like my little cousins that were in school came home with different things to be worried about. Like, and then drugs don't work and still don't. Yeah, we all got cancer. Do, like, <laughs> do you know, a lot of it as well was, was things, cancer. things like AIDS came yeah. along. And, Everything else, like the AIDS, was so big when it arrived, and all, and like yeah. these issues, the kind of people thought a fucking hole in the North Pole is it really that important? Yeah, I mean, I think too, in a way, like it's such a big problem, right? That it can feel really intractable. It can feel like, oh well, if this is like affecting the whole planet and it's coming from stuff that everybody all over the planet is doing, then like, what can I really See, do to make a I difference? And I think a lot of people agree. Yeah. And I think it's it's even worse for the fact that some of the easy stuff to do actually doesn't help very much. Like this whole, like in the last year, right, the whole plastic straws thing of like, oh, we're not going to have plastic straws anywhere no, anymore. Thank God we got into the straws. Like, <laughs> I just, it, it doesn't it doesn't make that big of a difference. Also, some people actually need straws. Also, like the kind of non-plastic straws that you can get don't work very well and can no. be just as bad pollution-wise yeah. and like carbon footprint. Like focusing on straws Find instead of like, reason. well, instead of looking at the stuff that, that we know makes a difference, you know, Stuff like having more of a plant-based diet, stuff like flying less, stuff like, you know, driving less. If you do drive, using public transit more, like planting trees. There's a lot of stuff that we know makes a big difference. Okay. And then we, like, fixate on plastic straws because we're like, yeah. but I can do something about the straws. See, I'm causing <laughs> the problem yeah. with the straws, right? I'm, a, I, I, like, I know it's Science Week. I'm sorry, Kathy. Um, <laughs> and you're planting trees and everything. But I, so I love a plastic straw. So I am now stockpiling like a lunatic. I'm stockpiling straws. And I did a thing on telly a couple of weeks ago and someone like the metal straws I hate the metal straws and then stockpiling the- <laughs> straws in the event of a hard Brexit <laughs> the stock- of all the things to stockpile Suzanne has got the fucking straws I'm if like- you need the straws they're with Suzanne you know when you go into Starbucks She's taking like- an extra you're going to be exporting them to the north for fortunes we're like condoms coming the other way in the 80s in exactly. Ireland I'm carrying out my dad's legacy he brought condoms from the north I will bring the straws but then like every so- so then I'm watching a kids telly program the other day right and I'm like it's half on my straw and they're talking about a turtle with a poor straw up his nose because they're trying to tell the kid and I'm going oh the fucking turtle <laughs> like but then I'm like okay what can I do so then I like this and this genuinely we talked about in the last episode that I become if I start to let it go into my head I become like obsessive about it and then I, I just go I can't fix it so I have to stop so I've caused more damage to the environment by the amount of plastic bags I've bought 
Like, so, you know, the, the one for all bags that you keep. Mm. Well, sure, I've caused more damage than if I had to just spend 20 cents on yes. the other bag. And, See, this but I happens. Have. And that's, mm-hmm. you feel so defeated. The, the coffee cup thing, you know, the, the oh, plastic cup yeah. thing, right? So I've been given so many plastic Key cups. cups. Keep cups yeah. Yeah. that I've done. It's done more so much more damage, like a yeah. hundred of them, yeah. you know, because it becomes fashionable to have a uh, keep cup. And then you're in radio, like, yeah, you know, so, we and so everybody that has every company in the country suddenly makes a thousand keep cups and they all get sent everywhere for free. And you're like, Jesus Christ, yeah. if I just kept with the paper, I'd be well, doing well, so much see, better. That's, yeah. It is that we do become so, like, and that, like, bamboo. No, I have to say, I have become hyper aware, obviously about the flying, as you say, about the diet, I get that as well. But I'll be honest, I'm very into meat. And then the other thing is then, is about the chemicals that I use. Mm, So as in, it's just because I read into it, they're kind of easier changes to make, like as in like what dishwasher tablets you're using or that if you're washing your dishes that you use it eco-friendly and like your stuff for washing yourself, all of those. I've looked into products that are, they're a little bit dearer, but... Other than that, like, can we really, like, just us really, like, help? I mean, I think that we can. And I think all of those little things are important, mm. even though it's it's good to kind of know which ones are the ones that really count and which Most ones important. that are ones that are, like, nice to do. I can keep do. the straws. Yeah. yeah, like, that's the thing. If you can if you can keep the straws, but, are like, do something else, then, then yeah. that makes a difference. But I also think that, like, that the policy level of this is important, right? Because we can all make a bunch of individual choices. If there's huge corporations that are still kind of pumping stuff into the atmosphere, you know, pumping stuff into the oceans, that's still a problem. Yeah. And so we kind of have to, you know, talk about those things, uh, engage with with politicians and with with policy, even if we don't really want to. Yeah. Because yeah. that also makes a really big difference. And like, it's it's frustrating to imagine, like, I went vegetarian a couple of years ago. It's worked really well for me. I'm really happy that I did it. But it's also like, I would hate to like, I'm doing that. And then some corporation somewhere is like, great, we can like, we can pump up some more oil then because Jessamine's not eating any meat. Yeah, like, oh, so it's not one <laughs> but that's, yeah. 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 And then yeah. you see even on a neighborly level, like, you know, like you're, you're trying to do your best like you're it doesn't I was just like I mean anecdotal shit doesn't mean anything but just an example of how you can get so fucking pissed off like you know (laughs) I I was realised I was recycling wrong you know what I mean oh yeah I had no idea you had to clean your fucking rubbish (laughs) so like I'm so I'm sitting at the sink one of the days right and I have my rubbish is in the fucking sink so I'm washing tuna cans and I'm washing empty fucking milk cartons and all this shit and then as I'm doing it, I'm looking out to the skip and I see some prick just throw a load of nappies and shit into the recycling <laughs> bin. I'm like, I'm wasting my fucking time. I've literally cleaned all this shit to go into the same bin. The, the same yeah. fucking bin. And you're just like, what's the point? Like, you know, that was the, I think what you just said was what a lot of the problem with the Extinction Rebellion thing was. Like, mm. you know, so they were going out and they were blocking the streets and stuff and doing, you know, I'm heart is in the right place and they know they want to make a difference. All of that. But then they they're blocking people unlikable. going to work who were on public transport. Yeah. And one of the arguments was, go to the fucking companies and yeah. close them down. I'm just trying to get home. I need to go home and wash my fucking recycling. Yeah. And I'm taking public transport. I'm doing two of the things I should be I'm doing the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Block I think that was what yeah. I'm out of the problem. You just feel so, it's so oppressive with when you, like exactly what you said, I'm really yeah. long-winding the point, but like exactly what you said, you see the companies doing it, you think, what's the point? Like, yeah, but I think, I mean, I actually think this is something that we face as scientists a lot. I don't know if you'll agree with me here, Dave, but like, we'll I see. feel like it can either, <laughs> this kind of stuff can either be really kind of depressing and like fill you with this kind of existential despair of yep. like, oh, you know, here we are trashing our planet. I'm one small Maybe. dot in the universe. There's a million billion other stars like this out there. A million billion other planets getting trashed maybe. Like, what's even the point of anything? 
But or you can kind of be uplifted by that kind of big overall view and kind of say, well, now, wait a minute, like, it's amazing that we're even here. It's amazing that we're even able to do this, that we can kind of witness the universe in this way, that we have this much power over our planet is frankly surprising. Um, but yeah. also means that we have the power to try to stop it and yeah. to try to, you know, reverse some of the damage that we've done. Like the the climate is going to be changed anyway at this point, regardless of what we do. We've we've had so many carbon emissions, like that's just kind of a fact. But we also know that these things can kind of start to be slowed down and reversed. Um, and actually, I think a really good example of this that that I heard about a couple of years ago when I went to Kenya for a big science public engagement project is there's this amazing woman there, um, Wangari Mathai, who started this green belt movement of just like planting trees there. That's all it was. Um, um, she was a scientist and like university professor and just was worried about the fact that the Sahara was basically like blazing into town, like into the northern parts of Kenya, desertification, like trees were being lost and it was affecting, you know, villages. It was affecting these places where they didn't have much where, you know, they would stop having water and people would just all have to leave. And she basically just started going to villages and being like, hey, you know, do you want to plant some trees? Like here, I'll show you how to do it. Um, just plant a few trees around your town. It'll help make the kind of surrounding area better. You'll see the results in just a couple of years. And like at this point, just some ludicrous number of trees have been planted by that movement. And it all came from like grassroots action. It all came from like just individual people being like, yeah, okay, I'll do a little bit of this. You know, none of them went out and planted like 100,000 trees mm. themselves. Yeah. But, you know, each yeah, person yeah. doing a little bit. And it actually has really helped like the, the environment in Kenya. It's helped sort of reduce the, the march of the Sahara Desert as it expands, which is one of the consequences of global warming is kind of expansion of the deserts that are already there. And I just think it's really inspiring because like that was all like 20 to 30 years ago. She did eventually win a Nobel Peace Prize for it. Um, but like just that kind of sustained local action. And I mean, definitely there's the policy side of it and there's the corporate side. And we really have to talk about that. Like we have to, to keep trying to push corporations, whether it's with like our money and saying, well, this corporation does this. So I'm going to try just not to buy stuff from them. Okay. Yeah. Or pushing people like Extinction Rebellion to go try to, to act. But you're not thinking but, of the Extinction Rebellion. They just, I think they just came across so unlikable. Do you know what I mean? I think that they did more damage than good. Like as, as PJ said, I think that, yeah, I get the bigger picture of what they're saying. But actually, and I know that they feel that they were a bit mis misrepresented within the press but even just seeing them out it was quite I I, per, I know it was meant to be peaceful but I actually found thought it was quite aggressive I kind of passed them I thought it was a bit aggressive I get the bigger picture of what they're doing and that you need to be but then the other side was there was just no good PR in that really like yes we're having a conversation which is always good but like what I think what they stood for it just didn't work I think I think they're just coming across yeah, well, and I do think that this that's it's the same kind of issue, right? If you can't just kind of say facts at people and expect them to listen, yeah. you also can't like talk down to people and expect them to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Again, something that's that exactly I feel scientists ish. do a lot and is terrible of just being like, here are all the facts. I'm so smart. You're welcome for me bringing them to you. And yeah. then we're like, oh, why didn't they listen? I don't get it. I like, think it was a, there was definitely that. Yeah. Like when I saw the video of Extinction Rebellion walking into Pennies, the it, pennies it pissed thing, me off. It ruined everything. There was half the people wearing it wearing Pennies clothes. And then there's a woman stopped to check the well, price of a coat. And what annoyed me was just it was... I, I get a bit pissed off when I see quite obviously middle class people shouting and screaming at working class people in pennies who are just trying to get through a fucking day's work and that's yeah. what, where the problem for me yeah. that's like you see that's another issue though it shouldn't be relevant but it kind of is but in I a think way. it's a really good point right because it's one of the things like at the at the global scale right a lot of the the really kind of rich western nations are saying oh we don't want to do anything about this like or oh we have so much so much built up and why should we do anything if like if China isn't doing anything but then it's basically saying that like countries that haven't gotten to the kind of 
developmental and like emissions point that we have should just kind of what suck it up like yeah countries well, like yeah. the marshall islands that are just gonna literally <laughs> yeah. be flooded like what are they supposed to do and we're just kind of sitting there being like oh yeah well we'll talk about the the how many degrees it's okay to warm like what are they supposed to do and, exactly, and it yeah. is kind of a like a class or an economics issue as well and in a way i feel like if people can afford to make those decisions and to try to do something about it they should be because there's some people that can't and that mm. we shouldn't be judging them for it as well if they're in the economic position of like no you know you have to you, you just have to get by but that goes I suppose, again <laughs> yeah. as you say it's it's that isn't it? it's so it's multifaceted because that goes to that higher level that we talk about the political level like that if you like again so the, the socio-economic side of it that if you're in a position where there's nothing else that you can do like as in you can't like I talk, you know buying a penny doing whatever that is but it's a much bigger picture because I, I heard actually it was Dave Moore was it no it was Dermot Whelan was on Today FM I actually heard him and he talking about it and the budget coming around and he had talked to one of the guys as well about climate or whatever and he was like it's all well and good just but all you do is just tax in the arse office there's no there's no incentive for everybody like to all be better together like as in make our public transport better make it more economically friendly make it you know what I mean so that people have we can make better decisions but none of that is there it's like put up the yeah. price of a, of a bus so it's harder for you to get to work or yeah. don't have the, the but you know they don't have the infrastructure no, in place yeah, like, yeah. It's so, like yeah. but it's saying. not a real political level it's like do as we do but like you can't do you know yeah. what I mean like you can't afford we to do we want to spend it, like, like 20 million euro on a bit of road in yeah. Mayo and it's but like no public transit infrastructure yeah, for well that's exactly. what I was yeah. Saying, yeah, yeah, just needed. building more yeah. roads I saw yeah. a great uh, thing about today is saying like you know trying to cure the traffic problem or the environment problem by building more roads, roads it's the yeah. same as trying to cure obesity by just making bigger trousers <laughs> like it doesn't like you know it's a total it, it's not getting us anywhere really yeah you know, like, but uh, yeah, we can argue about Dublin then again and like having to go underground and stuff. But there is, it, like Suzanne saying though, it's the lack of options. It's like, there Jesus Christ, this is the most, uh, this is, I feel like we're, we're arguing everybody into making an effort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's but like, it, stop it, trying, we're but fucked. You, but is that not the thing? I think that's why. I think like climate change is one of those things that scares the shit out of people because it seems like this big, vast hole. And then there's people like me at home just going, I really like meat. I'll try my better, best not to eat it as much as I can. I'll try not to drive the car, but I do drive it way too much I don't take public transport and then you feel shit about yourself and then you go I can't help it anyway but like that's <laughs> it but it, it just seems all consuming and you can't like so that there's either people rioting through pennies going bananas spraying sugar on walls for blood or there's me sitting at home going shit I forgot my user again bag yeah. there's no middle yeah. ground well, I think I do think that the that kind of taking those small actions can help a lot, even like so actually when I was uh, when I was growing up, I, I grew up in a small town in New Mexico. Um, right. And uh, there's not that many natural disasters there, but they do have forest fires. And okay. one actually uh, burned down part of my town when I was a teenager, when I was about 15, like wow. we all had to evacuate. This kind of huge fire came through. It seemed extremely surreal. And it was kind of like, well, what are we supposed to do about this? Like it was from several years of drought, like really high winds, just a bunch of, of factors came together to make this happen. And just, you know, when I was growing up, all the uh, there were like trees on all the mountains around the town I grew up in, all gone, like all burned. Um, and then ironically, that made the area like more susceptible to things like forest fires. So the whole area burned again, like Jesus. 11 years later. It's just really, nice. really awful. And like, it, it's one of those things where it seems like, well, what am I supposed to do about that? Right? Like, yeah. what am I supposed to do about something like this? About this all yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, there's in, you know, there's ways to manage forests that make those kinds of fires less likely. Unfortunately, we didn't know about them for a long time. So it was just like, let's put out all the fires. Oh, no, that just makes fires bigger. <laughs> but as well, like now, you know, people are trying to re 
regrow that whole area. And just like this year, my mom uh, basically like, took a pine cone from like the tree behind my house, spent the whole winter like growing up these little ponderosa pine seedlings, and then like got local Girl Scouts to plant them up in the mountains, you know, to, to kind of survive this winter. And they're trees that take a super long time to grow. It's not like an overnight fix, but it's also really cool to think about, oh, in like 20, 30 years, we'll be able to go up picture. and like see those trees up there that my mom took the time to grow. And like she's retired, so she has loads of time now. She's she's just like, I'm going to do this every year. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. that's so great. It is, yeah. And it's like, it's a small thing. It's a thing that she can do, you know. And I think I think we can all find those little things. And it might yeah. be, you know, they're different for different people. Like, I, I think part of the reason it was easy for me to go vegetarian was I was always kind of squeamish about meat. So I was like, well, oh, this okay. is easy for me to do. And I talked to other people and they're like, it's so incredibly hard to be vegetarian. Yeah. So like something that's really hard for you, you don't have to do that thing. Or like people that live really in a really rural place, they're not going to give up their cars. Like that's not a reasonable thing to suggest. But then it's like, well, what's the, what's the thing that you can do? Or the thing that you can change that's going to make this a little bit better. Because yeah, if everyone was like, doing something like, like that. It's like they're taxing, like the government are like, like putting up the price of petrol. So everyone's just queuing to get petrol. So you have to buy it two days later. Oh, but that no... takes a special type of fucking dickhead. But you know what queue, I mean? Like, like... You know what I mean? To save 20 cents at a no, petrol but, pump but, and to queue up the road. That's but... a special type of fucking. <laughs> yeah, but I they're going to do that. that. But what I'm like... saying is like, there's no incentive of going, right, well, like, let's have an incentive that if you buy an electric car, that it costs you less. Do you know what I mean? Instead of buying a big SUV diesel guzzling yeah. thing. You know, although like, if you live, they can, if, put, they can yeah. be taxed like, although again if you live in rural Ireland an electric car isn't a reality for you not yet it will no, be no, but not yet because like you, you, but, your but mileage you're, you're, there's where no we're, charging points you know we're filling the air full of crap in the city there, here it is so it is so, yeah, in Dublin it's fine yeah. and maybe a car and if you're not going to <laughs> go anywhere further than the M50 at the moment it's grand right okay, stop shooting down with shit no I'm yeah. not shooting down with shit I agree with I you I completely agree with you <laughs> this is why I kind of like the Greta Thunberg thing though because this I, I thought Greta Thunberg was great because this uh, this young person just came along and she was so full of fucking hope it was just amazing because for the first time in all of this bullshit like you're looking at all this and it's all like exactly like us we're doing the same here what can you do what can you do and it's all so grim and do your little things and it all you feel so isolated and then this young voice came out of nowhere essentially and she was just full of hope at the start she was full yeah. of hope it was just this thing we need to change we can do it the world is ahead this is our world our future blah, and talking about the future looking forward and that's why it was so disheartening then to see her just get fucking pissed on yeah. by, the, by mm. all these by by the media, by everybody, to have these voices come out, and like th- what I thought was amazing about her was it wasn't like um, you get a lot of the Extinction Rebellion people. And I'm I'm being hard on them because I, I I shouldn't be, but a lot of some of the ones that were interviewed, it was all need to change this, but no options given. Mm. Hers, she seemed to have nothing but the scientific approach to it all. She was like, "This is science says this. But Here's she what was we can optimistic. do." Optimistic. Everything was. And she was optimistic, an optimistic young sixteen yeah. year old, and she got pissed on. Like you had the president of the United States. Like calling out this young one, like making snide jokes about, like you know, she seemed. What was it he said? She's seems like a very happy person, and he put up a picture of her, like you know, after her "How dare you" speech. You're like fucking hell. And, you know, he's he's like, not known for his good opinions <laughs> yeah. or views, though. I'll just, yeah. as the American in the room, I'll just say that that you know, yeah, not the best. You're like, I take no responsibility. I take no responsibility. Did not yeah. vote for him, but, but I, yeah, but, like, I, but I agree, was... it's really disheartening because she it did is. come with such a positive message, and especially kind of saying that it, that like hope isn't enough that we need action yeah but from a very like you know she's she's not in any like special interest pocket or anything like she's just kind of like growing up and being like well well, wait if this is happening why aren't we doing anything about it like why isn't this in the news why isn't this every day what we're what we're talking about and it's like yeah why isn't it 
She's we traveling should. around yeah. America now. But well, see, I just get a bit worried about her. I know, I know, I, I know what you're saying. I know absolutely roasted for saying that. But there's, I just, like, she's I think it was 16, the way, I think, yeah. And to see a 16-year-old get absolutely hung, drawn and quartered by fucking adults pissed me off. And of now course, she's, yeah, and yeah. now she's, oh, and yeah. I get that I don't know what's wrong in your life if you're no, if you're going after a 16-year-old. Like, I don't know what's wrong with your life. I think a bit of me, like, as a grown-up, and especially as a parent, goes... I want her to go home. I want her to go back to school and I want people to piss off and leave her alone. I want her to go and hang around with her friends. And, and I, I know Ryan said that. Saying, isn't that her actual, but that's, that's she, her message, yeah. isn't it? I should be she should in be. school. Yeah. That's I, her own message. That's what, I, and that's why I'm kind of like, I would like that to be now to, to someone to implement that to happen to her because I think she, she has definitely been a game changer and she started loads of conversations. But like, you worry as well. Like you're worried that a 16 year old yeah, has, 16 yeah, has and she's come getting hammered. Yeah. And she's getting hammered like I'm 44 people. years old. I, I think that she doesn't that. bother me and every so often some fucking message gets to you and yeah. she's 16 and I, I mean she's 16 she's got millions I mean millions of people giving her negative so I'm sure it has an impact but at the same time like yeah. she, uh, she I think has made a, she's making a difference. But she's she's making she's a huge difference. Yeah, I, I think too. It's it's a good reminder, right? That if someone is doing something in public that you think is really great, it's nice to tell them that because they're going to get a bunch of you know terrible people kind of shitting on them because yeah. that's how some people are. But it's really nice then to to reach out and be like, hey, what you're doing is great. Good job. Thank you very much. Because like people people love receiving that message see, and it doesn't quite uh, you know counteract all Pe- the bad stuff. People but. do yeah. that. You see, you could say, I'm like, that's the one thing. Is that your thing that she's just young? It's yeah, like it's not even that. She's 16 and I think she's made her message. But I, I love that you say about send a positive. But I can guarantee you, no matter how, which she is, she's incredibly astute, that girl. She's unbelievable. I wish now I had an iota of what she has. But as a 16-year-old, she's still a 16-year-old and she could have a hundred thousand messages telling her that she's unbelievable and she will focus she will see that one message saying that she's awful and I just think well, it's one too many for a 16 year old yeah you know? well and I, th- I think psychologists say everybody. what is it like for most people it takes like five things of praise to outweigh one thing that's yeah. negative or critical yeah. so yeah. yeah no I agree and especially like at that age I think yeah. I think the best thing you know to do would be to I'm so thankful fix for her. the problem <laughs> yeah. so yeah. she can go back yeah. to school well, she started that yeah, she's I agree. definitely started a revolution yeah. with yeah. herself yeah. like oh, she has Imagine how unfair the world feels to her right yeah. now. Like, you but know, when you're 16 I mean. years old and you, you suddenly read I remember for me, right, the finding out the way I found out the world was unfair, right? <laughs> I was in school and I had, uh, I, I thought someone asked for my pen or whatever, and I gave it to a guy, right? Simon, you know yourself, you bollocks, <laughs> right? And he used the pen to flick the fella's ear in front of him, right? And the teacher took the pen and put it in the bin. I thought, sorry, sir, that's my pen. And he goes, I don't care. And it was gone. Was and I was there, the world's not fair, right? <laughs> The world's not fucking fair. That's a very mild way <laughs> to find <laughs> out that shit you. isn't gonna go your yeah. way, right? Imagine, like, her age, she's like, what? She's, she's 16, 16, so she got into it before that, right? Yeah, yeah which is she's now. She's 16 over. now, she's been propelled into it. So, so to have to, to, like, for her to be looking at and saying nothing that isn't true, like, yeah. not one single thing, not even giving, like, personal opinions, just yeah. this is what's happening. Her only personal opinion is, I'm really fucking scared. That's yeah. it. Uh, and then to have. Grown-ups, grown-ups, adults, like walk, like lit, make taking time out of their day to call her a, like everything, like everything from fucking rape threats to a child yeah. to like a, a, whatever else. Like it just goes on and, and it, on and, and on. And the thing is that it's a kid trying to make a difference. 
It's a kid. Oh, no, it's a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I think mean? people like, find I that I threatening. <laughs> you know, I like it's. I think it's really telling because, like, yeah, I think people feel like, oh, well, if I, an adult, don't think that this is an issue, then like, who is this kid to tell me? Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, I, I think again, it's it's something where people have to kind of put down their defenses or figure out how to get this message across because, like, we can't, we don't have time for that anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and it's not fair. It's super unfair on her and on everyone that's that's actually trying to do something. Yeah. So yeah. So one of the things that I suppose this week that they're really that should come away from poor Grada because she'll just break my heart. One of the things that that, that I again because you just it is it's just about finding education, but I do it in a smash its way. Do you know? So that means that I I try and ingest as much of it via like easy channels, and I the fast fashion thing has been one of the things that I've been most consumed with because I think especially as women and you know we're we're so guilty of it. But I watched the Stacey Dooley program about the rivers that they were flushing the rivers and all the toxins that were coming from all these huge factories but so they can't they couldn't name exactly the shops but as she she as she did her voiceover <laughs> they were showing and in this area all these different places have factories here so they're not libelising them saying yeah, yeah. it is their factory but they're saying all of these big fashion outlets use all of these shops but actually just from watching that I have become a bit more aware of where I buy what I'm buying, you know, what I'm buying, or how much I buy, because we are all kind of caught up in that culture of like fast fashion is insane. I never heard of fast fashion till last year. Yeah, never heard. Do you it. think it was? I did not a fast fashion to me. I was like fast fashion. It's like people that get dressed really fucking quick, right? It's like you know hipsters. <laughs> I knew you fast were fashion. No talk goes into it. Grow a beard, lumberjack shirt. Get the fuck out the door. Fast fashion. <laughs> And you know, get yourself a, a flat white, sit outdoors, <laughs> fast fashion. You're in. It takes no effort. It's fucking in. You know what I mean? When it comes to most fashion, it's like, you know, the Eddie Izzard wheel. Like, you got it's like this, it's, you got to imagine a circle and really cool is at the top and so is totally uncool. So yeah. you got to go the whole the way, way around. around. You can't go the other way. You just look insane. Fast fashion was a way of going the other way. Oh, okay. That was fast fashion. Yeah, to, that was fast fashion to me. So it's it, like, I only heard of it. So it's, I suppose it shows it's a message. If it's, if I'm hearing about fast fashion, it shows the message is getting true. But I didn't know what it was either. And then it's, and when you, and as I say, it's, it's how, I think for people, it's how we get delivered. And because we are with humans, we're terrible like that. That like, exactly as you say, there's a 16 year old telling us that we're fucking idiots. So people instantly go, well, I got to put her back in her box. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But it's the same way as like someone looking at what you're wearing and saying like, oh, you know, we're wearing too many things. But if it's delivered in such a way that it's kind of like Jesus we're almost like grown up toddlers that it, you know we have to do it in the most gentle way of going could you just take it handy on buying all that shite that you don't need yeah yeah yeah. I think exactly and it, it helps too to think about like like why people are buying some of this stuff right because some of it is you know we're, we're intentional and we're like oh I really I need this for yeah. work and then other times it's like I feel sad I, <laughs> I need I need help <laughs> well it make me feel happy spending money because that's what you know Spend capitalism and ads have. tell yeah, us yeah. yeah exactly or if I buy this top I'm going to look look absolutely deadly you yeah. don't ever look deadly at the top <laughs> but you're 60 quid down it's too late do you know exactly I mean? it's like never as good as it is on the mannequin and you're yeah. like if I had that I would be that person I would love to be that person I'll never ad. be that person yeah. it's fine and then you get it and you're like I'm not I'm, I'm not getting the happiness that woman in the ad ad yeah I get it yeah, yeah. yeah. and like, like, like thinking about those things and not just kind of like pointing the finger at people who are buying stuff and being like yeah, yeah you know why, why are you being so wasteful it's like yeah. no also like wh- why, why are why you are so you sad why is- <laughs> oh Jesus <laughs> you know? should I just come over and talk to you about it because yeah, yeah. 
yeah. yeah, but it is, it is that thing of it, it's how it's delivered. Sadness is ruining the environment. Like that's, that's I think that's that partly way. true. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I think about it that way. It's really. Oh my god, I'm bleak. Why is the environment fucked? Because I'm so sad. Yeah, it's the world just trying done. to cheat death by being less sad. So we well, buy things. The extinction, like, oh. extent, extinction revolution should have walked into pennies and just walked up to people and gone. Because it'll be all the women with the furry socks. That's all they've gone in for the furry socks. And they have a basket full of shit. And they should have just walked up and gone, what's wrong? Yeah. yeah why are right. you yeah. so sad? Who hurt you? Yeah, who hurt your feelings? Let's why, talk yeah, about yeah. it. Why are you buying those Disney pajamas? You're 39 years of age. Okay. Like, why are you buying them? You are going to look like a stuffed sausage. Yeah. You are not Belle. If you're sitting at home with 39 in your Disney pajamas watching TV, you, you know you're a part of the problem. Well, <laughs> Especially if they only cost you a euro. Saturday night. <laughs> you know. That's the thing you know, don't you? know you're doing something yeah. wrong with costs that cheap, right? That, you know. Make. Like, if you've stopped off for a Big Mac meal, done your shopping in, like, a, a German supermarket, and, you don't know, stop. my best pals. Ran, ran into pennies, and you've, you're sitting at home with all this new shit that's cost you 20 quid. That you is know. a good Saturday. You, yeah. you know. Eating a steak. Yeah, yeah. You don't feel guilty because it's somewhere in the back of your head, though. You know. I am, I, I've made... Mistakes, but today. even is that, and that's the thing. I think if you if if we if it's not delivered to us, and I suppose like it's one of those things. It's, if it's not delivered to us in a shaming way, do you know what I mean? Like as in, if it's delivered to us like that, and go, okay, look, here's the deal. Just talk me through your day, and then without going, oh, you've ruined the planet. Yeah, but it's yeah. more you can make better choices. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. It will help, like, because I still think it, like, with that that Stacey Dooley thing, I still think of kids washing themselves in toxic water, and that's like ultimately every time I walk past the brands now, I go, I can't, because <laughs> there's a poor little boy the same age as Ocean skin coming off, and I'm like, I can't do it, like, I just can't do it, which is it's it's quite grim, but I suppose it is one of those things that you know, yeah, well, and it gives you, I think, it gives that perspective too, because like with with a kind of global world, right? We don't always think about where stuff is coming from. We don't no, always think about don't. where food is coming from, where clothes are coming from. In yeah. the supermarket just go in and pick it up and away you go. Yeah, exactly. It's like farms. What are those? Like just going to the shops. Never been. But but yeah, I think I think especially when when clothing is mostly being made somewhere else, and it, it's very easy not to think about that. And especially like when you're younger as well, right? When mm. you're, you're just you're just trying for fit to, to fit in and and to have people like you, and so you don't want to be like wearing weird and stuff that no one else is wearing, armor, or eating weird they? food. Yeah. Uh, but like yeah, just being aware of of the consequences of that. <laughs> and it's so disappointing when your mother made your burger. Like to disappoint oh, as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, this that's, is what I want. I want McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I want a McDonald's. Yeah, don't, we have McDonald's at home. Yeah, You're like, we don't, no, we don't, man. We have your I, shitty grizzle burgers. Yeah. But I, even, don't, I don't want to fucking eat That's very specific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Bloody Oliver's a five-minute takeaway on a Friday night. Shut up, you're not sunflower, Jamie. I know. Like, you know yeah. That's, that's a great example, though, because he's so condescending. Yeah. Like, it basically seems like he just hates and poor people. And it's like, why we can't... He's like, oh, oh just take your something, something out of the fridge. Like, no one has that in the fridge. One that's of the why episodes I love that clip with him when he makes the chicken nuggets for the kids. Kids. Have you seen that one where he makes it? <laughs> oh, yeah. So he shows them exactly how he makes chicken nuggets and how disgusting a chicken nugget actually is. You know, he makes it all in front of the kids and blends the meat so it's just this pink paste. I wouldn't go into it too much. I like to uh, eat it. I don't like to. Well, you know, and then he asks the kids, he turns around and goes, Now, would you eat that? And all the kids are like, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Chicken nuggets, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's so distraught. And just because it's him, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. But it's like there's somebody on a show and they were like, Oh, so you can help at home and they got. Guy, was it I don't know what the other chap's name Johnny or whatever his name is but he's like so he just made himself a wood burner
garden or at home out of shit he had in the back garden I'm just like oh would you absolutely turn it in no one has that stuff at home but it is a bit like mm. that like do you know what I mean that, like we talk about science week and we talk about climate change and stuff people feel a bit like like you and science you're a rock man I'm like I don't have that at home I can't do it it's not obtainable you know what I mean it's, it's terrifying actually yeah, well, I actually I had a, a friend who I met in grad school and like she's gone off and done all this nonprofit work now, which I think is amazing. And she was working on this big project to like bring better cook stoves to developing countries, okay. which I had never really thought about before. But it was basically just like, you know, trying to build stuff that is going to emit less carbon, but also like that doesn't require you to have reliable power that you can use off the grid, you know, that, that can be solar powered or can just use fuel really efficiently. And even just like that, like figuring out the technology to build those and then dist- distributing them in a really efficient way to places where it's needed. I think like that kind of stuff is super important because yeah you can't just kind of say oh but yeah sure like Jamie Oliver explained how to do it so now you just go do it it's like that's not no that won't (laughs) work and people like that again blow my mind it's like like I don't know how genetically or I don't know what how you're built to become that person like I I feel sometimes when you hear about people like that you're trying to send someone into space or something into space and I'm just like I don't know. I'll have to go home and pick up two children soon. I just want to get them to twelve o'clock. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it is. It. I think. The, 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 again, as we said, there's so many facets to it. It just. It all feels a bit like the dark hole that you're kind of like. What can I just do to try and not feel better about ourselves? Because I think that there is an element of that. Do you know what I mean? That people. Yeah. Go, they just want to tell you that it's they're not doing like. Something. And it's not like it shouldn't be a performative thing, right? That like I'm doing this so that I can tell you that I'm I doing like, it, so you'll it think that I'm good. Yeah. Be like, yeah. Toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag green choices like (laughs) but yeah but I think it it is like finding those those small things that that we can each do and they're going to be different for different people right like some people will be more able to go car free some people will be more able to give up meat some people will be more able to fly less but it's like figuring out the stuff that you can do and then just doing that and and understanding that it's going to be a bunch of small things none of us is going to individually go out and fix things like we can't right we all have to work together so in a way I feel like that's reassuring um, because it, it means like it's not like it's not on me to fix climate change right it's not yeah. on you guys to fix climate change yeah. I'm glad yeah. you but- said that because I feel sometimes a bit like I'm solely responsible I think well, that's the mom but- in me uh, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, like, you know, you're the ma'am. Earth Mother yeah. now. Well, no, I'm definitely not an Earth Mother. Like, I, I bottle fed, so they definitely wouldn't allow me. But like, <laughs> you know, you do. I think sometimes you do feel like it's all down to you. Like, I can't fix it, and that 16 year old can't fix it either. Like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and I think I think that's the thing to remember that if if we can't each individually fix it, it also means that you know we do our small bit, and that's what we can do, okay. right? And it and we're all in this together. That it's not any one person who is responsible one way or the other. But we have to each do our kind of individual things. And then that's, that should give some peace of mind. It should make us feel like, you yeah. know, we're, we're pulling together. We're, all, yeah, we're, in the we're kumbayaing. We're all holding yeah. hands in the sea. <laughs> and it's going to be gang. great. Yeah. Uh, and have we any idea, like, in the, outside of all the noise, right, of, uh, you know, people saying that we're going to be dead in sit 10 years. Like, I where you've got, not. you know, you get people texting radio shows now saying that my eight-year-old is crying herself to sleep. Because yeah. she thinks the world is, li- she won't see 14 years old yeah like, like the anxiety get, of it yeah yeah so you get you know like she literally thinks she's going to be dead at 14 she thinks we're going you know this sort of stuff and then you get the the never never going to happen it's just holy god stuff have we any idea like in reality like how much is the sea rising over time like you know how when you see those maps you see those maps being put out by people and it's these scare maps and it's like and Dublin gone. is gone yeah. and you know yeah. Mauritius is gone and you know big parts of Africa are gone like what's the reality of this I mean I think one of the things that's tricky about it is that it seems to be an accelerated process so you know there's stuff like like the ice sheets on Greenland and Antarctica that like the more that they melt the faster they seem to be melting because you kind of get this like melting underneath and then
and then it pushes more stuff into the sea, and then that's making the sea rise faster than we thought it would, solely based on the fact that the temperature is getting warmer. So I think that's part of why those maps get so much traction, because it's actually really hard to say how accurate they are at the moment, yeah. or like what year what year will Dublin be submerged? Yeah, like, you'll see, you'll like we can't answer now. that. Yeah, because yeah. you'll see ones now where it'll like be six maps, and they'll all have 10 years between them. Yeah. And it's like this accurate, so they have you believe it's this accurate yeah, and, then, and in thirty years, it's gone. Like, in thirty we're years, gone. we're all living in yeah. that loan, so we may as well be dead. Yeah, <laughs> right. <Fair>. Yeah, <laughs> like, no so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, we're in No, no, but I at think... least we'll have a credit union, right? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, <laughs> a nice a hotel. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I think that's that's really the tricky part, and to me, it's one of the it's one of the scary things, right? Because this could all happen a lot faster than we think it will, because it, it's this kind of accelerating process that's reinforcing itself. Um, but it's also not even clear if that's going to be the worst part of it, right? You know, yeah. there's like there's like the carbon dioxide that's being absorbed into the ocean that's like affecting you know ocean circulation and fish. Like like there's actually so many pieces to this that I think this is why I get anxiety. This I think we're better off just doing something yeah. because yeah, yeah. because there's so many different pieces. It's not even really clear which one will be the worst one. <laughs> yeah. So it's like let's just let's Pick just act down. now. Yeah, but, but you probably... still want some sort of semblance. She's in your telling head. me she has no but... idea. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, but you still. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I'm saying it's hard to have an idea, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think I, the thing is, I think that those those kind of maps are not inaccurate. It's just a question of like, what is the timeline? And and Will like, Doctor Dave, get to get his rocket to space is the question. Will we have it done in time? <laughs> well, well, I mean, it depends on how hard he's working. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping next year. Can we okay, survive think, to okay. next year? Survive? I, I think we'll, we'll be here next year. I'm pretty probably. sure. <laughs> but that's one of the things of like I because you know. I said something the other day, ages ago and I was like, oh, climate change. And someone's like, that's not the climate, it's the weather. Like, what is the difference? Like, the, do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, well, like, yeah. I mean, I guess, so like weather is kind of the more short-term things, right? Of okay. like, oh, it was it was raining a ton yesterday. It, I thought it was sunny today and I didn't take an umbrella, but it was raining again. So okay. I got rained on. But the climate is more like the long-term trends, right? So, so, so it's this overall. So storms are starting to become more frequent. Yeah, part of it is the extremity. Yeah. yeah, so having more like extreme weather events. But then part of it is also just like the trend upward in temperature. So even like you can see those those kind of maps they'll have them for like the the global surface temperature and you, you they're really scary because you can oh, kind of geez. see how it's changing with time and that like just the arctic is getting way hotter like really fast um for whatever I mean, reason because of how the circulation are though. so is that a positive like we didn't get the summer we had the last yeah, but look year. at the winter now Look at yeah, the winter. Like it's, it's October and there's people still drinking in beer gardens with t-shirts. Oh, that's just alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, we're not talking about that aside. Part of it. Can you look can like is that a part of us looking at our window today? Like the reason October is so ridiculously hot. Is that a part of it? the fact that there's a whale in the Liffey there that died in the Liffey? The fact that we've had these storms recently is that is this like all the, a part of the it? extreme weather is definitely a part of the kind of overall climate change because it kind of has to do with like how much heat and how much moisture is in just the air sort of globally and it makes those sorts of things more likely um i don't know about the whales responsibility specifically <laughs> <laughs> although i think due to climate change whales aren't doing great at this point like yeah. it, it hasn't been a net positive yeah yeah the whale was like my one dying wish and yeah. then just was to go to the Liffey. It was good yeah. Temple Bar. You would die of disappointment if it Dublin Port was yeah. the one place you wanted to see. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it is, because it's, so, it's just such a different world because like we say, you know, like Ireland was always the place where we didn't worry about natural disaster. That was yeah. it. That was what we had over the rest of the world. We didn't have monsoons and earthquakes and we didn't have blizzards, blizzards. we didn't have like serious snowfalls you didn't have any of these mm. things we had a very moderate climate like we have the biggest sharks in the fucking world off the coast of Donegal they have no teeth yeah. it's a safe place to live <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like the, I didn't know about that yeah. that's alarming no but I guess it's fine 
Yeah, yeah. They just. I was terrified for the middle part of that sentence, and then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like the most the most dangerous thing ever in Ireland was a, a chipper at two o'clock in the morning or yeah. a Jack Russell. Uh, that was it. That was our <laughs> fear. When they left the beer garden you know, in the sun. That, that was, was it. Like, yeah, bad sunburn. <laughs> yeah. Because we all like sunburn. we didn't even know what sun, we didn't know what sunblock was until 1998. Sure. We for fuck's sake. We thought the Australians were mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You so know, to block it. Yeah. Uh, so that was it. And now all of a sudden you're being told uh, the world is ending. You know, essentially you're being told the world is ending. Yeah. By, you know. But we enjoy a summer's day. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like it is like, do you, but do you not think that that's one of the biggest things they always get people saying? It's like when we had a really good summer last year, people were like, oh, don't know what they're giving out my climate change for. This is glorious. Oh, we have, yeah. didn't have, and they're saving the clouds are going to be out in January again. <laughs> climate change, what's freezing? You're like, you don't think you really understand. So they're <laughs> And um, before we finish up, because I swear to God, we could be here all day. Um, Science Week is in well and truly in full swing. Uh, you can go onto the website scienceweek.e. But what are you both doing for Science Week? Because there's so, like there's literally. Or do you know yet? Do you know what you're you're doing for Science Week or what what's happening? Or are you are you doing any events around Science Week? Or because I know everything is up on the website. For those listening, you should yeah. have seen the faces yeah. on the when we asked doing, the doing this podcast. But this podcast. Yeah. But like, but, yeah, well, I know as well. We've, we've uh, um, they're washing their rubbish. I want to ask you as well what? about Dublin Makers, there's, there's, uh, Dr. David McKeown. Uh, on Science Week, some of uh, the, the AirSat team, some of the satellite team are working on the... So you said ESAT, I said, the yeah. Star Wars <laughs> AirSat, um, they're doing baking in space. Uh, so there's, there's a uh, event on... Uh, what is baking in space? Baking in space. It's, it's on Earth uh, and it's going around the country. There's different uh, shows where uh, they, they explain... Is John the McRae involved in that? Uh, I don't think so. Neve Shaw. Neve Shaw. Neve Shaw and, we should ask uh, Kathy. She knows what's happening. She's in the corner. <laughs> Kathy, do you want to come over and say what's happening? No, no. no, no, no. She's literally just yeah. making sure we don't do it in the studio. Yeah. We they're, are not live. Let's defend <laughs> They're explaining uh, about space uh, through, through cakes and cooking. That's uh, so, cool. Yeah, so there's a kind of a scientist uh, chef kind okay. of guy. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll build a... a a cake sat, uh, a cake version of our of air sat, uh, air cake one, and uh, talk about uh, that's air, air sat. Cool. So that's going around in different places in Ireland, and there's, there's lots of events going on. And you do Dublin Makers. What's Dublin Makers? Dublin Makers event that happens in July, uh, and it's an event that it's a community event where we just kind of showcase. We, we set up a little village in Marion Square for the last four years and, and four years before that. Um, and just anybody who makes stuff in their bedrooms or community groups or does, you know, knitting in a above a pub on a Tuesday night. Oh, and uh, we get them all a stall and it's free in. And then general public can just come in and kind of see all the kind of cool things, all the creative things that people in Ireland make. Wow. Um, so we get robotics, but then we also get lace makers and, and wood turners and uh, uh, prop makers and yeah, all sorts of stuff. Savage. Just massive mix of, of all different technologies and crafts. And we have such a great um, culture of, of we do. in Ireland in fairness, of, of that we, stuff. On, on Ireland I am, we do it every year. We did a really small kind of little bit of it. We just do like all Christmas crafts. But it's like the most amazing stuff that people make that you can, like I always end up got to have 10 of them, especially when that has my kids. <sighs> I'm name so on jealous it, like, of people that can do that. Like, oh, my hands are literally purely <laughs> ornamental. They're just there. <laughs> so it looks like I have normal arms. When is Bright Club back? <laughs> So uh, we don't have a bright club on for uh, for Science Week, but we have okay. one uh, November. <laughs> we have one November twenty seventh in okay. Dublin, um, which is going to be amazing, actually. Um, so Where's that on? So it's on nah, upstairs in Whelan's. Yeah. Um, so you can find more information on brightclub.ie. Um, and then as well for Science Week out, out in Galway, uh, I'll have an event called Midnight Sun, which is a, a kind of a variety show in the Bright Club mold with like different types of stand up, improvised sketch comedy. Um, and it's all fundraising for this climate leadership initiative that I'm part 
part of called Homeward Bound. Oh. Um, so yeah, so that's going to be great. That's on, I think, November 11th uh, in Galway. Do you think Science Week has become a lot? Like, Because I remember Science Week in school and stuff and it was the same people who used to like get excited about the, uh, what was the thing that used to be on in January? It's still on. The Young Scientist the young thing. Scientists. Like, they were not my people in school. Like, Do you know what I mean? But like, it's changing now. The face of Science Week is very, very different. Now, I know that obviously you guys are crazy intelligent and like you're scientists or whatever, but have you noticed that? Like, like I look at my kids and I suppose it all changes when, you know, when kids are growing up. But there's just like he goes to a, a science class one every Tuesday, busy bees, and he he's coming home making volcanoes and, you know, learning oh, about yeah. rainbows. As and someone stuff. who's not in science, I've noticed. Yeah. Like, like growing up and when we were in school, diabolical nerds yeah. were the only people who were yeah, in science. They were the worst of the worst. Unbelievable. Because you know what it was? It was that they were so intelligent. They were taking the piss out of you so intelligently. You were even more stupid. Or they were genuinely odd people. Like, yeah. to be honest, when we were young, like there was the people who had like no social skills at no. all, but they were, were just the, incredible. They were going to burn down the whole Yeah, you would be class. half afraid of them. You'd yeah. be like, yeah, 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 man. <laughs> and you know they'd be able to slice you up, the ones that did biology <laughs> and never be found again. But it is changing, isn't it? The face of science is different. Like, Yeah, I think, I think things like Science Weeks are aiming for like a broader... Um, uh, audience and Hello? that's it super broad but <laughs> uh, to it, it's like uh, and it's it's not all age it is all age groups is what yeah. I was meant to say is that there's people who maybe maybe liked a bit of science in school but then like just end up doing something else in college and back and forth and it's like kind of trying to say you can still do a little bit you don't have to become a scientist or an engineer and work as a, to be interested in it but you might might have some sort of interest and, and maybe maybe make some stuff with your kids or do a couple of experiments you can do little things in your life and just learn a little bit more about, about science it's not about you're, you know, completely uh, super in the lab, rockets. white jacket, yeah. brilliant rockets, doing all that kind of stuff, or nothing, yeah. is that you can have an interest in it. And um, and that a lot of science, yeah, they're, they're trying to get people just a little bit interested. It's not just for scientists, people who are already doing the job. It's to get a kind of a wider um, audience I- involved in it. So. See, what he's saying is yeah. there's a chance. There's yeah. a chance. I think, there's absolutely I think science a chance. is for everyone and Science Week is also for everyone. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it, science should be inclusive. And so Science Week is, is definitely at the forefront of that, which is great. I'll be honest with you, I think science want to exclude me. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. No. Well, did oh. you do science in school at all? No, like, I did it in first year. And my I, this is genuine. My only experience of it is I loved my science teacher. She was the most beautiful woman. Not that it's about aesthetics, but everything about her. I adored her name. was Miss Jones. And she was gorgeous. And um, one of the, like, we kind of just did a few bits, you know, or whatever. And then uh, it was like the second or third week. I think she was t- kind of going for like the glamour of it, like to get us all to go, oh, wow. Um, and she started to tell us about dissecting a pig's heart and I passed out and that was the end of it. Yeah, really? Gone, like game over. And the day, I, I actually can still remember that I can still get vomiting in the back of my mouth thinking about everybody bringing them in from the, because obviously the local butchers knew that this was coming up. Of course, so yeah. Have them all ready for people to buy them. And we were in, so I'd already gone once and just knowing that people were dropping them into the lab make me pass out again so that was me for science done yeah like, you know, I, couldn't do I, I checked out of science this is the stupidest fucking story in the world but I checked out of science when we were in school and I uh, do you remember we had those books and it was um, physics chemistry biology all in the one big, book, yeah, the big, fat book. big long yeah. the big fat yeah. science book right yeah. and uh, I remember I was in school and I was dying for a fart one day <laughs> <laughs> and I sat down I thought I, I can't do a fart in front of the class. They're all doing their Bunsen burner shit and all, right? And I was like, I can't do it because I'll get a name for the rest of my life. So I thought, I'll get the big science book and I'll slap it on the ground. And <laughs> as I slap it on the ground and it makes a noise, I'll get the fart out. 
right? So that's what I'll do. I so, said you were stupid. So I got the science book. I went out the back of the room and slapped it on the ground. And it made this fucking huge bang, like a gunshot. Like went bang. I was so loud. The whole room went really, really quiet. And then just as I went really, really quiet, <laughs> I went. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like. Fuck science, man. <laughs> science just ruined my life. Uh, <laughs> I know how they have to do with science. And on that note... So there you go. So you go. Um, They're the most unscientific way to finish a podcast about how to change the world. Oh, there's so many events all the way up. Don't use science to cover farts, please, anybody. <laughs> Scienceweek.ie. Guys, thank you so much for being our very first guest on Dublin Meets. I apologise. BJ? Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, man. Thanks a million for coming thank in. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks a million. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.